Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Marvel Standom. I'm your host, Mike Cicchini, the editor-in-chief of Den of Geek. And with me today, and as usual, I have my brilliant co-hosts, Den of Geek News and Features Editor, Kirsten Howard, and Den of Geek TV Editors, Alec Bajalad and Katie Burke. There's a lot to get into with the second episode of Loki this week. Kirsten, why don't you catch us up first? In Marvel's Loki episode two, one of the TVA's own gets kidnapped by a mysterious Loki variant, and Loki and Mobius are on the case to find and reveal the hooded killer. It's that hooded killer that I think is going to be... Uh is going to be the focus of our conversation today. It leaned on, you know, police procedural tropes a little bit in some fun and creative ways. And there's lots of like, you know, there's plenty of fun little background details, but ultimately it's all about those last few minutes in the rocks cart. So where are we at with, uh, with the mysterious Lady Loki variant? Yeah, I think I didn't realize how lukewarm I was on the first episode until I saw this one. Um... It worked a lot better for me, especially the final sequence in the Rocks Cart store. Um, I was really impressed that they revealed the identity of the hooded figure so early in the show's run. I think that was such a smart decision. And as someone who doesn't have the kind of comic background knowledge, it still really worked for me as a reveal. Is that Lady Loki? Because uh, I've, I've heard whispers otherwise including on yieldenofgeek.com. It's tricky. She sure looks like Lady Loki, but if you look at the credits, Sofia DiMartino is credited as a character named Sylvie. And in the comics, Sylvie was a new version of an as another Asgardian uh, called the Enchantress. There is a little bit of confusion here as to what they're trying to do with this character. Uh, you know, if you listen to the dialogue from before her reveal, you know, particularly when she's, uh, you know, when she's possessing Hunter B-15, it seems that she is admitting to being Loki, you know. Um, but then there are other elements of that little talk that they have where it's not quite as certain that this is indeed a Loki variant. I think, you know, the Marvel has a history of sometimes mashing up characters from the comics and putting them in a new story and giving them a new spin. And that could be what we're seeing here. It could be Lady Loki, it could be Sylvie, or it could be a combination of both. And I think until next week, or unless the creators come out in a big interview and try and explain what happened in the meantime. I think we're going to have to wait and see. The thing that always stood out to me was when they decided to call Captain America 2, you know, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. And everybody kind of said, okay, well, I know what this story is now. And we kind of did. And then they said, okay, well, now Captain America 3 is Captain America Civil War. And everybody said, okay, now we really know what this story is. 
but we really didn't, you know, we knew like the broadest strokes of it, but it wasn't really that much like the comic, the movie is better than the comic. And then you get into the, the whole thing with the earliest reveal of Thanos and everybody said, okay, so of course they're building up to the Infinity Gauntlet story, but Infinity War and Endgame bore almost no true relation to the comics. I think we're probably going somewhere similar to that with Loki, where they're just going to take what they think is going to work and remix it and, you know, be able to surprise everybody, whether you're familiar with the comics or not. And I think that's one of the beauties of what Marvel does. We, we talked last week about how these Disney plus Marvel shows have done a good job of whenever there is a decision to be made between what is right for the story and what is right for the franchise, they've often gone with the story. Um, you know, for instance, cutting Dr. Strange out of WandaVision because that would he, his presence would have undercut Wanda's journey. Um, so with that in mind, I have a hard time wrapping my head around the idea that the variant at episode Z could be anybody but Lady Loki, because to me, that's just the most dramatically resonant and interesting thing. I guess the nature of this reveal, especially how early it comes or relatively early in the, in the series, it just made me question if this is in fact going to be the further question, the, if Lady Loki, Sylvie, whoever she may be, or they may be is going to be the main antagonist of the of the show. I think they say something, the character says something around like, you know, this isn't about you, which can mean, mean a lot of different things. There's so many questions I have about the TVA and the timekeepers and finding out what this character's motives are because we still know very little about what they are because we still know very little about even what the timekeeper's motives are. She seems to know a lot more than our Loki, at least. She's been hopping around time for a while. She seems to know the ins and outs of the TVA. Um, do you think that she knows something about the future that will explain her actions? Um, or do you think that she was maybe working within the TVA at some point as a variant and discovered something? Um, that's interesting to me. I hope that we get some answers about what her grand plan is and, and why she's decided to blow up the timeline. Katie, you brought up the fact that she specifically says to Loki, this isn't about you. And Kirsten, you had mentioned there is another significance to that line. You want to talk about that a little bit? Right. It's very similar to a line that the Ancient One said to Doctor Strange as she was dying. She said, you know, it's not about you. Um, and that's the lesson you need to learn, basically. And it, it's that seems very significant with Doctor Strange 2 coming up and this kind of setting the multiverse in motion. You know, there is this sort of you know, grander scheme out there that the characters are too self-involved to be aware of or have any concept of or even be open to. And um, there's a, definitely a lot going on behind the scenes of the TVA that I don't, I don't think we're aware of yet. Um, that's my impression. What I was interested in talking about, if you guys are up for it, is do we think the timekeepers are real? <laughs> do we think they're still alive? And what do we think they might actually be like? Well, they're lizards, as we know. <laughs> as of right now, I would just have to operate under the assumption and theory that the time the timekeepers are real. They might be old and decrepit and corruptible and broken and lizardly. Um, 
but I would just, in my head, that's just, that's as interesting and weird as the alternative, which is that, you know, no one's at the, the wheel of the time stream. The concept of these truly timeless concept, uh, cosmic beings is probably going to play pretty heavily into Eternals in November. Like, even though the timekeepers are not related to concepts like the celestials and the deviants and all of this other weird Jack Kirby cosmic stuff that we're going to meet in Eternals, it still just kind of feels like a cousin of it. The, the Infinity Gauntlet and the, and the Infinity Stones is all very cosmic, but it's not really as weird and psychedelic as this stuff can get. Well, a moment that kind of slipped by uh, in the climax while we were watching uh, Loki face off with the variant um, was that um, Sasha Lane's kidnapped hunter was sort of found muttering, you know, it's real, it's real, it's, it's, it's real. What has, could she possibly have seen that has shaken her, you know, a TVA hunter that's seen it all? to her core like there's definitely something going on here i'm i'm very excited to find to see next week's and find out a little bit more about the grand plan here maybe she saw the multiverse you know maybe the multiverse already exists and the tva is really just there to to kind of keep people from discovering that you know like these time timelines are going to branch you know and um so maybe this stuff is already out there. It's already existing. And the TVA is just there to make sure that nobody finds out. Because think about how much damage a Loki could do if they knew that there were infinite possibilities in the multiverse for them to you know, make trouble in. I think you guys are really onto something with that, uh, that theory that maybe there already is a multiverse. Because when I was trying to make sense of the, the timeline of the show and the time travel rules, I just do not think it's possible to, to, to make any of this work without a multiverse. It, it just, it, the, the, the concept of the multiverse is so pervasive uh, that I just can't imagine the TVA being able to keep all of that in order. I am now convinced just based on our conversation today that her whole thing is to like, is, is to reveal the truth of the multiverse. Um, you know, and that, and that the TVA is really just here to prevent that from happening. Sounds good to me. I, it also, we have to keep in mind what her actions are at the end of the episode, which is bombing the sacred timeline, in which I think, I, I believe, I watched it a couple times. I believe what she did was send those like timing reset devices back to various points on the sacred timeline. And by like discharging them there, that those were became nexus events by default and made a whole bunch of new branches. Maybe that that is part of the plan to reveal that Nexus events and multiple timelines and multiple universes are inevitable. We have some information about the popularity of the first episode of Loki brought to us by Real Good. All your streaming services in one place. Real Good has data on all the major streamers, including Netflix, HBO Max, Hulu, Prime Video, and of course, Disney Plus, the home of Loki and the MCU. So Real Good is calling the first episode of Loki the most watched superhero TV show debut on streaming in 2021 so far. And it even looks like it's outperforming its Marvel pals. What Real Good has done is to kind of account for the fact that Loki dropped on a Wednesday as opposed to the Fridays that the other shows dropped on, they gave us two sets of numbers. For its initial two-day run from Wednesday, June 9th to Friday, June 11th, Loki had a 10.8% share of streaming and engagement with real good users. 
June 11th through 13th, which are the Friday through Sunday numbers, it only dropped to 10.5%. So it basically held steady. For comparison, WandaVision drew 9.6% its opening weekend, while Falcon and Winter Soldier drew 6%. It's a pretty significant hit based on these numbers, and it doesn't really look like Marvel is slowing down. How's everybody feel about this? Well, you know, I don't think we ever really expected Marvel to slow down because, I mean, like the, the track of this whole thing has been exponential on the film side, and I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be on the TV side at this point. And Loki is certainly one of their most popular characters, and I think we really anticipated this kind of reaction and also the move to Wednesday clearly helped Loki in this case. It's good to have these numbers, but there's a less quantifiable aspect of how engaged people are. And it feels like these Marvel shows do incredibly well in terms of just how many people are watching them. But also if you're on social media, you know, everyone's talking about them. Quite a while ago, there was a report out that was tracking anticipation online for Loki and it had it far away ahead of the other shows in terms of how much how excited people were for it so yeah this doesn't come as a surprise um i've got to say though i'm going to miss marvel fridays i really enjoyed looking forward to that end of the week sort of oh there's a marvel show i'm great um wednesdays does seem like an odd day but it's obviously worked out for them and um we're gonna have to just cope with it i have to wonder too if any of this has to do with the fact that as the world opens up, maybe Disney is anticipating that people aren't uh, going to be quite as tied to their screens on a Friday and a Saturday as they were, say, when WandaVision first premiered. You know, And I think the other thing to keep in mind is that Disney also needs to sell movie tickets and movies open on Fridays. So you can't necessarily have people saying, well, I'm just staying in to watch the latest episode of Loki tonight when you've got Black Widow opening on a Friday, for example. So I think it makes good business sense too. As it pains me to say it as a TV partisan, uh, really as movies go, so goes pop culture. Um, really, we've built a lot of our entertainment around uh, movies schedule and on their timeline. Uh, you know, back in the day when it was just cable and networks, all of the most popular shows aired on Thursday nights because that was the best ad space that you could get before the movies came out on Friday. Uh, I think that uh, it, now we're in a streaming era, streamers have tried to do something different and what they're describe, what they're discovering now is that something different may not have been necessary uh, because movies are still kind of a big deal. Um, and it might be better to get your stuff out there midweek and then save the real blockbusters for the big screen. Real Goods also provided us some data just to compare Loki against other significant streaming hits of the moment across their opening weekends, like The Handmaid's Tale and Sweet Tooth and even, uh, you know, current critical darling hacks. And you can see that based on these numbers, you know, the relatively smallest of the Marvel shows, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, still way outpaces the competition. So you can take a look at these numbers, see what you think, but it doesn't look like Marvel's slowing down anytime soon. So the places mentioned as the timeline starts to branch at the TVA are Vormir, where, which is the location of the Soul Stone and also the Red Skull at certain points in Marvel history. We've got Asgard, which is obviously Loki's home. home. We've got Hala, which is the Kree home planet. Xandar, which is where the Guardians of the Galaxy first kind of met. Uh, we've got Ego, which is Kurt Russell's living planet. 
and Titan, which is, I believe, Thanos' homeworld. And they're all at different points in history, so who knows what's going on in those points in history and who knows what's about to go on in them. I just want to point out on a far less cosmic scale that the first thing that happens in the episode takes place at a Renaissance fair in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. That is where Mark Grunewald, the Marvel writer and editor who they based Agent Mobius on, was born. I just think that's really, I just thought that was like a really nice touch. I'm going to be really bummed out if I find out that that was an accident. Nothing's an accident in the MCU. Also at the Renaissance Fair, we had a chance to listen to Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler again. Um, that song's just everywhere at the moment. Uh, it was, uh, it's got a couple of connections to the MCU. It was part of a Thor Ragnarok fan edit that went viral back in 2018. But probably more likely connection to the MCU is that it was originally recorded for the Footloose soundtrack, which as we know is Star-Lord's favorite movie. There's a legend about people like you. It's called Footloose. All right, so with all of this evidence in mind, where does everybody stand now? Is this truly a female Loki variant or is this a new character entirely and this is just like the first of many fake outs this show is going to throw us over the next few weeks? I don't argue with the credits and the credits called this character Sylvie. I'm just coming back to my true north, which is that Marvel knows what makes for compelling stories. And a compelling story is one god of mischief meeting himself in the infinite timeline universe and not one god of mischief meets an obscure comic book character named Sylvie. I'm going to go with Sylvie for now, um, but we'll see. So same answer as me. <laughs> we shall see. I'm going with Lady Loki and I'm only going with Lady Loki because, you know, this is the simplest possible explanation. And I just think that... This is not the big bad of the show. It's way too early for a reveal like that. And I think this opens up just enough storytelling possibilities to get people excited, make us wonder if this is a bigger deal than it really is. You know, we're basically split here. We cannot offer our audience a definitive, you know, yay or nay on the, uh, on the Lady Loki or Sylvie question this episode. We'll revisit this next week and see if, uh, see if they give us answers. But we want to know what you think. Uh, drop us a line at marvelstandom.com. Comment right here on YouTube. We want to know whether you think this is Sylvie, whether this is Lady Loki, whether it's somebody else entirely. Help us answer this question. We need you. That's it for this week's Marvel Standom. We'll be back next week for Loki Episode 3 and everything else the MCU is going to throw at us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching Denim Geek Presents Marvel Standom. We'll be back every week with new episodes breaking down all the hottest developments in the MCU. Be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Denim Geek US, turn on notifications, and you'll be the first to know when our next episode releases. Watch along with us on Twitch at Denim Geek TV. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Denim Geek. Want breaking Marvel news as it happens? Be sure to follow at Marvel Standom on Twitter. We want to hear from you. Got a burning MCU or comics question you need answered? Drop us a line at marvelstandom at denofgeek.com and we'll answer your questions on future episodes.